Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Belmont Banter. And this week, we've got someone who I know you're going to find him very, very interesting. He's not playing football at the moment, but he's manager of Maidstone under-18s. It's Andy Thomas. Andy, hi, mate. How are you doing? Well, I'm good, thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, mate. I'm looking forward to this. Andy, uh, when did your football journey start? You know, as a youngster, when, how did it all begin? My earliest memory of football... Uh, was up in the evening after the England victory over West Germany in the World Cup final in 1966. I recall quite vividly going over to the park with uh, my mates and just trying to reenact the the momentous occasion that we'd we'd all just witnessed, which was a you know looking back was a a, a never to be a, a, achieved again so far. So, no, that's right. So um, jumpers for goalposts over the park then. Jumpers for goalposts, uh, definitely. I think I might have scored the winning goal, or that might have been in my dreams. But I know it was a a full on, a full on uh, five aside reenactment of the of what we just seen. It was it was uh, happy days. Yeah, I'm sure it was. When did your sort of football? I'm not going to use the word proper football because that gets a bit confusing. But when did your game and your your start playing under rules, as it were? What, yeah. h- h- how old were you then? Probably about ten. Uh, I think it was for the Scouts. Uh, had a team that I can recall playing in, and then I joined a team called Swanley Standard. Um, obviously, based in the Swanley area. For some reason, although I didn't live in Swanley, I ended up playing for a, in a few, a few Swanley teams over the years. So probably about ten, uh, and then progressed through to uh, teams a bit more local to me. Uh, some su- successful teams won some some leagues and some cups. And then by the time I was probably 16, I'd got my first job in the Midland Bank, as it was then, and was playing for their third team, I think, over at Beckenham, which was a a beautiful... um, All all the banks had their uh, sports grounds over at Beckenham, and they were lovely, lovely venues. I can imagine. And and what sort of league did you play in then? Well, for for the Midland Bank, there was a bank league. Oh, Um, right. So you'd, you'd play at the other against the other banks and you'd go over to somewhere like Roehampton, I think, where the Bank of England had their ground. Uh, and again, it was the, the, the pitches were immaculate and they always gave you food and, and, and stuff afterwards. So my my branch was at Charing Cross. And one thing that I think I do remember is we there was a, a five a side tournament for all the banks in the southeast, all the branches. Yeah. Uh, at Beckenham, and um, I think in our we we put a, a, a team forward, not expecting to get anywhere, and thinking back, we actually won this this tournament out of about eighty branches, which was um, th- again thinking back, it was it was quite uh, unusual for a, a small branch of uh, like ours to to progress like that. So yeah, got had some, su- some success there. Left the bank. Uh, I don't know why I did, but. My football career then went to playing with my mates, more in, in kind of park football, mm-hmm. uh, Saturdays and Sundays. You know, football was always then 
Saturday afternoon, Sunday mornings. Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. Did you, um, did you, what sort of level did you progress to? So when I was probably about 18, I felt I needed to push myself on and I got picked up by a team called Alma Swanley. Oh yeah, famous old team. Uh, who played at the Swanley Rec uh, down in Swanley. So I had a couple of seasons, seasons there. Then I went to Cray Wanderers, uh, which was about 1980, 79, 80 season, I think. Just about getting into the first team. In those days, there was, and again, the squad was only 14 or 15 players. Yeah. And amazingly, they'd go a whole season with hardly any injuries. So first time appearances were quite limited, but they had quite a strong team that season under a guy called Harry Richardson. And they brought a few ex-pros down, uh, which, which for, for me was, was, I was in awe of a couple of players that had come mm. down from, one was from a guy called Eddie Jones that was at Tottenham and Millwall. Another guy from, from Millwall was a, a, a lad called Mickey Kelly, but they, they played their football very hard, uh, got to the semi-final of the Vars, but they also had a very, very good social um, life. And there were many an evening spent in the pubs in Bexley, in old Bexley village, having a, 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 a very entertaining evening. And that, that if, if you could keep up with uh, the social life, you, you were kind of included in the, um, the group. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've just touched on something I've spoken to a few people about. Let's relate this to modern day football now, you know, like down at the Belmont when the visiting teams comes now. The weekend, um, we had um, Burgess Hill down and they came in a coach, so they stayed after the game. Yeah. And there was a few in the bar, which was lovely. Um, you know yourself because you've seen it. Quite often now these days, the visitors will come in the bar, sometimes don't even come in the bar, uh, and they're off on their way. Now, I know society has changed, drink, yeah. driving culture and everything else. I do get that. And sometimes there's a lack of the bonding with the players because of that, you know, I, I should, I'd hate, I hate to put the, the thing on the table that having a drink after the game is the be all and end all of it, but it is a social thing as well, isn't it? It 100%. I think that one of the key things in, in modern football is for managers to build, especially at the level we're talking about, is for managers to build a, a good um, dressing room. Yeah. And that's, that's quite an art and it's, it's not easy. And part of, historically you know you if you got a, a group that bonded and, and went out for a drink after the game not necessarily all evening but certainly after the game had a few beers and you know just just bonded as you, you said it, it, it absolutely in my opinion helped develop a, a, a team spirit which i think some teams get don't get now i, I think it's it's a as you say drink driving has, has changed a lot of that because you you did Back in the day, you used to go and have two or three pints and, and jump in your car and mm. and drive drive home. Not saying that was right, but it kind of back in 1980 and, and before that yeah, was right. that was how it how it kind of worked. You used to you used to bond in, in in the communal bath that was after the game. I mean, yeah. some of those um, the the post match experience was was part of yes dressing room. Absolutely, I don't, I don't think that's that's quite the same. Now, in fact, I know it's not the same, but it's it's mm. a lot of players. I think look for teams that have got um, that kind of atmosphere uh, before they join it, you know. And I think they a lot of again a lot of players like to to have managers that that kind of um, introduce and, and keep that spirit of of bonding going in in the dressing room. 
I'm sure it happens a lot with the players as well. You you know you, the funny thing about non-league football, I presume professional as well, but it's a very close community in the sense that you play with someone for a couple of weeks, you exchange phone numbers, he might move on to another club, yeah. and then you hear that they're doing very well and you give him a call and you say, what's it like down there, Bob? Is it any good? And he says, oh, I'll tell you what, Tone, it's fantastic. And that sort of thing must go on as well. So it's a good thing that the manager embraces it in a way, isn't it? You know. Well, I think, yeah, 100%, Tony. The, the, the management's changed a lot now. Um, uh, and keeping keeping players because the squads are much bigger, keeping players happy, keeping them involved in the group, making the training sessions a, a good experience um, is all part of the, the the offering, I suppose, from from the management team. Mm. So it's it's a, a key part, I think, for for success. Uh, it's not just about the ninety minutes on the Saturday. There's there's a lot else now that the I suppose, in a way, you have to replace the bonding that used to go on after the game. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot now that the people have to do to to try and recreate that that spirit within a team. Because can we can we touch on that a little bit more later on when we get to your oh. current situation? Because I'd like to go on for when you were saying Alma Swanley, you yep. were 18 playing for them, and you you yep. played for a few games. What position did you play? Um, at the time, I was. Uh, I think in the old days, used to play a 4-2-4 formation. Yeah. Uh, so I, I used to play it on the wing. That would be my my position. Try and a tricky. I'd like to consider myself a bit of a tricky winger that, that used to uh, enjoy taking people on. Uh, I used to get kicked a lot. I used to get fouled a lot. Yeah. Which, which always, um, I thought to myself, that I must be doing my job if I'm getting fouled a lot. You know? Yeah, true. But no, that's, that's where I played uh, up, up, up top. I obviously went to Cray in the same position. Then I had a bad injury. When I was um, 21, I got, got a bad injury in training. Uh, snapped my cruciate ligament, which I didn't know I'd, I'd done until probably about 20 years later. <laughs> Crikey. I think at the time I thought I'd, I'd oh, when I went to the hospital, they, they said I cracked a, uh, a bone in my, my leg, which came up on the x-ray, but there was nothing about the, um, the cruciate ligament injury. And um, uh, unfortunately, after six or seven weeks, I, I tried to play again. And it, it, it gave way, so I was out of action for a couple of seasons and ended up at Swanley Town, another Swanley, Swanley team. That keeps uh, coming up, Swanley, doesn't keeps, it? Keeps coming up. And then, uh, yeah, had, a, had a, a season and a half with those guys. Because in, the, in those days, they used to play in, both teams played in the London Spartan League. Right, yes, I remember that league. Which, um, goodness knows why the two Swanley clubs played in that league when you had the Kent League. On their doorstep. I know. But you'd go, they always used to get a coach. Yeah. And you'd end up going around, not around the M25, because the M25 wasn't built then. No, it wasn't built. No. I think there, there might have been part of it built between Westrum and, I don't know, somewhere like um, Red Hill. And then if you tried any further, it just go back on an A road. Yeah, I know. But you'd go to um, um, all, all kind of places right away around London. And that, that in itself was, was, was quite... A challenge, but again, on going on the coach, you always had a yeah. had a laugh. Yeah, you know the whole team met. No one made their own way there. You had to go on the coach, yeah. and that, that in itself was part of, of the bonding process. Yeah. Yeah, Lost true. a few credit cards, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> again, part of the bonding, isn't it? <laughs> but <laughs> depends who you lost it to. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, just a minute. You you said something about formations earlier on. I really remember. 
when I was probably 16, 17, something like that, we used to play five like yep. as the front. So you had a centre yep. forward, inside right, inside left, outside right, outside left. And I'm struggling to think what happened to the other five. What did that where did we, where did we well, play? The, obviously, the goalkeeper. Then you had a left back and a right back. Yeah. And then you had three that would be considered in midfield. Yes. Left half, right half, and uh, centre half. Centre half. That's it. Yeah. And then you had your five up up yeah. top. I, I yeah. wonder. I wonder who plays with that formation these days. Probably goes back to the guys over the park with their jumpers down. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, yes. Because if you, if you work the centre forward, and he's always the pinnacle of a, a game, you know, centre forward, and yeah, yeah. he was and he was either the inside right or the outside right, yeah. or the inside left or outside left. You were still there. You were still at the front. Yeah, it was you were fun. still up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was called something like the WM formation. Yep, sounds like right. Yeah. I mean, where did that one come from? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I've got some old programs upstairs in the loft showing the lineups. That's yeah. how they used to show it on the lineups. That's right, they did, yeah. And I don't think it was until, and I might be wrong here, but it was, it was someone like the Hungarians came over to Wembley in the 50s. Puskas. And, and gave us a hiding because we, England, were, yes. you know, we didn't really bother about other teams because we were the world's best. Yeah. And we, we got uh, hammering at Wembley, I think, five or six, three. Puskas. Yeah. Uh, the Magyars, I think they were nicknames. Yes. And we, we got absolutely hammered. And then, uh, if my memory serves me correct, not that I was around then, but in my unconditional yeah. love of football, I've picked up the, the bits, some of the yeah. history. We went, we went out to Budapest, I think, uh-huh. thinking we were going to you know get revenge, and we lost 9-1. <laughs> but I, I think even looking back at the old footage, you can see that our, we were still wearing these clunky old old boots with shorts that yeah, past our knees. We were, and the yeah. Hungarians had much more style about them, and they did change their. their they caught up with the times, and we were still stuck in the past, weren't we? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think Gordon, uh, Gordon, Alf Ramsey then took the, the the formation of four 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 two, I think it was. Yeah, and used um, wingers um, from midfield into the like the the World Cup. Mm. So this injury, how old were you when you were sort of trying to make your comeback? You said you had a couple of years 24. out. 24. Yeah, about 24. Had a couple of years at, at, at Swanley Town. Clearly the injury, without having a cruciate ligament, uh, my, oh. my knee gave way Absolutely. a couple of times and I was out for periods of a couple of months. So it, uh, I ended up going back and playing. I couldn't stop playing, which I should have done, but I ended up playing on a back with my mates you know, on a Saturday afternoon in the in the local rec. And uh, th- there was a period then, I suppose, when I was 28, uh, 29. My, my background from my professional sporting uh, team that I follow, Millwall, my earliest memories of that were my granddad and my uncle came down to my dad's house on a Saturday when Millwall were at home and they'd go to, to see Millwall. So when I was old enough, I went... Obviously, when I played on Saturdays, I didn't. But around the time, around this time when I was 28, Millwall actually got half a decent team, which yeah. was uh, uh, quite a surprise. The Sheringham and Cascarino era. Fantastic. So I, I kind of devoted my next 10 years following them all over the country. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Following England, um, went to the World Cup in Italy. Wow. Um, drove out there when Gaza was at his peak. Yeah. 
saw the England-Belgium game, England-Cameroon uh, and the, the semi-final. You sound like my son-in-law. A few years ago, he drove out to Germany for one of the tournaments with a mate and they slept in the car and, you know, so it still goes on now. It was fantastic. It was yeah. a great experience. Great experience and came back with a suntan. I'm yeah, Jim, Jimbo, <laughs> James is always talking about it and telling me little stories and snippets he's forgotten about and everything. He said it was a great time. It's really good. Did your football career effectively come to an Well, I tell you, were 28 or, or so then. Yeah. I should imagine that was, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. That yeah. was it. I, I'd started to play a bit of vets football when I was about 45. Uh, by, by this time, I'd, I'd gone from a, a flying winger to a, a very fragile left back. Mm. Where, and where the injury was on my left knee, I used my... I, I changed which way I kicked the ball. Oh. So, that I, so I didn't put pressure on my, my bad knee. Wow. So I, I kicked with my left foot, not, not very well, uh, with a with dodgy knee, but yeah. I, I was able to, to, to take part in playing football still. So, you know, I did that for probably six or seven years. Okay. What drove you on? Was it the football or was it the bonding and everything else? Or was it just, just everything? Just a bit, a bit of everything. I just love playing football. Yeah. Love, you know, and I say that to, to, to kids now. You know, before you know it, you'll be a certain age and you need to be playing as much football as you can mm. till you, you know, until you can't. Um, now, I touched on earlier on that you're the under-18s manager at Maidstone yep. United. How did football come back into your life then if you had to step away from it? So, <clears throat> some will, I never put any pressure on him, honestly, about playing football. But when he was about seven, he got interested in, in playing. There was a local team down near where I live in Staplehurst. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had a, like a coaching session on a, a, a Saturday morning. So I took, took him down there and he started to enjoy it. And the following season, they, they put together a, uh, an under 18. And there was a guy there, that, that another dad, who was kind of given the role as a manager. And it soon became evident that I had a, a bit of experience and a bit of interest in, in helping out. So we kind of became a, a duo and then over the next three or four years this team locally won won everything wow um which was was fantastic and we had one a couple of players go off to to, to pro clubs and it, it was just initially they were all from the village but we started to get people interested in playing for us yeah. because of the success yeah and it was about probably uh when they got to under 12 we decided that we should try and push them to play at a higher level. So down at Staplehurst, they they actually had a fire in the old cabin that had with, with the changing rooms. They got a grant to put some new changing rooms up mm-hmm. by the, the Kent FA, which obviously gave us the facilities to then apply to the Kent Youth League to put a team in. Brilliant. So we applied. What was unusual is we were putting our under 12s in an under 13 level. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not only would we be playing a step up, we were playing a year up. A year up, yeah. And our our plan was, if we get blood them in the first year, the second year when it is their their age, they'll be physically yeah. Yeah. more able to to progress. Yes. So we did that, uh, and of course, little little Staplehurst Monarchs are now up against the Dartfords, the Maidstone Uniteds, Ebb's Fleets, and we got smashed. We, you know, every, there were some very dark days where we were getting on the, the, the back end of a double figure hammering. Mm. Um, 
and, and it was a real shock to the system. However, we won one game, mm-hmm. which which at the time was like winning the FA Cup final. I can imagine, yeah. It, it yeah. kind of proved to us that we were doing something okay. We were playing some good football and it was it was a lot about the physicality um, that was the issue. So got that season sorted out. The following season, we brought a couple of players in and we, we won the league. We won the League Cup. We Blimey. won the Kent Cup. Okay. So in, 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 the, in the Kent Cup, which was sponsored by Tesco, we're 2-0 down uh, against Ramsgate, uh, down at Faversham's ground. Yeah. 2-0 down. Didn't go potty at, them at half-time, just kind of, you know, tried to take the pressure off them. Won the game 4-2. Okay. Wow. Brilliant. So we'd heard about the fact that spon- uh, the, the, the tournament was, was sponsored by Tesco. What, in fact, it, it did is that it, as the winner of the County Cup, it entered us into a national competition called the Tesco Cup, okay, where the final was played at a Premier League ground. Okay, so oh. it, it, here we are, little Staplehurst Monarchs, uh, and we've got quite a reputation now. Yeah. So we head off to a sports ground in Putney where we play a tournament against all of the other southeastern county winners. Okay, so there was something like, I don't know, 14 other county winners there. So it would be anything from Oxfordshire, obviously Kent, yeah. London, yeah, all, all over the place. And they did two, two groups. So the winners of two both groups would play off in a final. Mm-hmm. And the winners would represent the south of England at Pride Park, so Derby County's ground. Wow. Would rep- represent the, 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 the south of England against the north of England, the southwest and the Midlands, okay? So that's the kind of prize of that. So we go to this tournament and long story short, we win our group, that okay? Is. And we play London. So the London FA are playing the Kent FA. Kent FA, yeah. In this, in this final and uh, the London lads were pretty streetwise, big lads, yeah. kind of looked as if, you know, little country bumpkins, and we won one nil. Okay. Wow. So we, we then became, we won this, this, this tournament. We get presented the trophy by Nigel Winterburn, I think it was. Yeah. Um, it was all sponsored by Tesco. Yeah. Three weeks later, we get thrown into this other tournament up at, at Pride Park. Um, which was just amazing. So we, we go up to Pride Park, we beat the Southwest in, so basically we played the Southwest, the North played the Midlands, we beat the Southwest 2 0, and we played the North in the final. And the winners of the final, the winners of the final represent England, okay, yeah. the, following, <laughs> the following Sunday at Birmingham City's ground, who were in the Premier League at the time, yeah. against um, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. Crap. Okay. This is getting really, really... God, <laughs> yes. Wow. So in this, in this, in this final, 2-2 two, two at full-time. I mean, the games were shorter. They were only yeah. 25 minutes each way, whatever. Yeah. So we're under 13s. And what's interesting, Tony, is that on the same... This Tesco tournament was that there was an under-15 girls tournament uh i think well, under 14 girls and under 16 girls and you had teams like celtic manchester city southampton <laughs> and like you've got staplehurst monarchs um 
So anyway, we go into the final, two to uh, at full time, extra time, three, three, then it goes to penalties. And we win on penalties, five, four. Oh dear. So uh, this roller coaster, we then have a week to, uh, and we'd all gone up by coach. We'd stayed the night before in, in, in the, um, the hotel around the corner from the ground. We'd had some funding from the, the, the Kent Youth League, the Kent FA, obviously the parents. Uh, but it was it was we talk about bonding. Yeah. This was a great. This was good. Great experience. So the following Saturday we we are sorry it's following Sunday we we are we're representing England, okay, up at Birmingham City Ground and, and Tesco put us up in a hotel uh, with all the other teams and they come at, come along and give us all our kits and we were in a, like England kit, Scotland were in their, their colours whatever. Uh, some fantastic memories, but the sort of. We play Scotland in the semi-final. Yeah. Obviously, Northern Ireland play Wales in the other one, and uh, we we beat beat them one nil. And there's a there's a photograph of the scoreboard that says England one, Scotland nil, and underneath it's got uh, the score for England was Duckworth. So one of our players, his surname was Duckworth. Fabulous. And and his dad said that's apart from the birth of my children, this is the most fantastic thing I've, I've got <laughs> to cherish in my life. England won, Scotland nil, Duckworth. So we then play Wales in the final and we absolutely hammered them. Okay, but we only scored one goal. Oh. One nil up and they equalised with the last kick of the game. The penalties after oh. extra time. So we win penal- We win the penalties. Oh, 5-4. I thought, you, I thought it was all going to come tumbling down. No, and, and, and so we became the Tesco the, the champions of the UK. Oh, fabulous. At, out of 3,600 teams that had entered the whole tournament yeah. originally, uh, and, 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 you know, representing your country. Yeah. Singing the, we had to sing the national anthem before the final. Oh, fabulous. It was just unbelievable. One of those surreal moments that we've all probably had a few in our life, but that must be one of the ones, eh? Jeez. It was just incredible. And, and you know, there's um, some, some university guys did a, did an hour and a half long video of it all with some footage, um, which was shown at a cinema. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's great memory, Fabulous. great memory to have. So we, we had another, going, going to Mason United, we had another season at, um, at Staplehurst, got to have won a cup, I think. By then, our, a few of our players have been picked up by pro clubs. Okay, uh, imagine. We had one going to um, Fulham, uh, a couple went to Gillingham. And then we got the call from Maidstone. Lee and I, the guy that I did it with, went down there uh, probably 2013, 2012, 2013 season. So it's just as Maidstone had kind of got into the Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, so their journey was kind of just starting there. So I, I took, I think the first season we did the under 16s. And then the following season, Lee took the Ishmian League team and I took the Kent Youth League team. So basically, the Kent Youth, Youth League team was the under-17s yeah. and, and the older ones they, they took. So uh, he, he moved on after a season and a half. And then I, I kind of took, took the reins of the Ishmian League and have been involved in that ever since. How amazing. What a journey. Do you know we what? Won last, we played Tubbage Angels last night, 1-5-1. Oh, so fabulous. That's fabulous. So still on the winning. That's fantastic. Do you know what, um, Andy? I've got to say that the, one part of the reason I do this and also don't do any investigation 
into people's background beforehand because it comes out then you're telling your story i'm yeah. not saying stuff on your behalf because i haven't got a clue what happened and i yeah. find this with so many of them uh, obviously some of the lads i know a bit of their history because they've played yeah. at wistor or they've been a local but i don't go on google and do a you know like a bio and then sort of keep referring to it because yeah. when this comes back i'll tell you what this is going to hit the heart and the, and the point with so many people dads players yeah. managers everything now yeah. your thing about bonding as well a lot of the guys in management now you know at youth level and under 18s even at senior level they're going to sit there and think you know that's what it's all about you know well i mean it's it, it's 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 been fascinating i think just the journey and then kind of going to maidstone and being part of their journey because they went from um ishmian south yeah very quickly to the national league uh, and what that meant was that the, the the club's focus primarily was on the the first team it, mm -hmm. it was taking up so much resource financially the expectation on the club uh, you know, they were getting two, two, three thousand there, was that they were going to get in the Football League. Yes. They had a good FA Cup run. So to a degree, the youth, the youth system that was there became further apart from it. Yeah. Because it couldn't keep up with the the, the level that the, the first team would, would attain. No, that's right. So that in itself brought its own challenges, you know. I'm sure. And I think probably seven odd years ago, they got rid of the under 21 team that was in place at the time. I think primarily to get every everything they could financially into the first team. Yeah, sure. So then you had a gap between the under 18s and then the first team. So there's no, it was hardly any chance of getting kids yeah. through on that pathway. Yeah. So part of the, my, my hopefully my involvement helped the club realize that after Things changed at, at the, in the management level, and and they got relegated. But there was a much more, much more of a need to focus on local talent. Yes, big big pool of players, um, but there were players getting to under eighteen that were going on to other other clubs, some professional, mm -hmm. some Ishmian League, and making and and being successful. And mm -hmm. we were losing out on those those players. So it's it, a couple of years ago they brought the under twenty threes in. That's been very successful so it's, it's great now there's a pathway for the talent that's, that's coming through but yeah. i mean you get loads of kids when we do the trolls in the, in this in the summers they get loads of kids coming down and they you know that they, they turn up at the, the the gallagher i had it last night the referee turned up the gallagher and he was going around with a phone looking at the facilities i know because they're, they're, they're fantastic facilities they really are uh, actually can i just say that anybody listening to this if you've never been to the gallagher stadium in maidstone you need to go because it is a wonderful facility. Make no bones about it. It's right on our doorstep and it is the business, isn't it? Uh, oh, Andy? it's superb. It, it is. Superb. It is. You know, they've, they've done wonders to to develop it and, and, and build it. Um, and, and for youngsters and, and, you know, parents to be part of that is something they want to do. Yeah. Which is great, but often it's difficult for players to attain the, the level they need to be to to get involved into the youth yes. system. So I, I think where I'm, my, my point, Tony, there is, is that football's a, a fantastic game. I've, I've loved it, but people need to find the level that, that they're good at and they yes. enjoy it, yes. you know, because quite often they, they come along 
their expectation is is very high and they're not quite where they need to be and it's it, so for me it's all about kids enjoying football yeah enjoy the football at whatever level that's what it's all about I make no bones about mentioning this again, and I've mentioned it a few times before. The level that you're dealing with, which is under 18s, that's a prime time for the distractions to take over, to take them away from football. So it's either university with a lot of them, others it's work, then there's girls involved, then there's mates involved. So yeah. if you've got mates that aren't interested in football, the pull all the time, if you're interested in is, oh, we're going to so-and-so, this, we're going to this festival, we're doing that. So yeah. that must come into your... You know, it must be something you have to cope with. Hundred percent. When they get when they're under sixteen, mm-hmm. okay, and they then step up to a, if you like, the first year under 18s, they're still getting brought to the games by the parents, so they're very reliable. Yeah. Okay. Once they get to once they get to the next age, yeah, like the next the second year under 18s, they start wanting to drive. They start getting jobs. Yeah. You know, they want to earn their own money. Yes. They start all the other things that you've just mentioned. And no matter what, I've experienced it every season near enough, no matter what other coaches say or parents say, oh yeah, he's committed and all this, there'll come a time when they might get picked for a couple of games and they go, do you know what? I want to go out and and do this. So you start to get natural wastage. Natural wastage, yeah. I mean, what I think was was something last, last night that really infused me was in the, in our dressing room. We had sixteen players, and I think five. Obviously, they're all eligible to play under eighteen. Five had been with the under twenty threes. Mm-hmm. There was six that were uh, had come through as under sixteen and were like first year under eighteens. And then we had the rest were under sixteens. We brought along. So wow. in that dressing room, there there was a people could see a pathway. Absolutely. The twenty threes, and it was it was a. I don't know. It, it's not often it happens like that and, and it's once you get that happening and the kids see a pathway they're infused they're not they isn't they're infused yeah yeah and that's yeah. that's what makes it all worthwhile because you know trust me there's there's been some dark dark days um you know going to the rains park whale on a wet thursday night in february you know uh, but that's part of it you know, oh, got, yeah people have to learn to play in those conditions it's part of bringing you out as a player you're not going to play at the, the Gallagher every week on a nice pitch no. in nice changing rooms you've got to go to some of these places and roll your sleeves up and, and do a job, do a job. That's, that's the game well I, I almost don't want to stop but uh, <laughs> I've got to keep these to a reason, reasonable level because people get bored, bored otherwise I don't think they're going to get bored with this Andy that's oh. brilliant uh, it's, nice it's, it's been fantastic talking to you. I mean, we've gone on a we've gone on a, your football journey now, and it's gone from literally grassroots football all the way through to playing for England or managing at England <laughs> level. No, be honest, you know yeah. that's that's the way it works. Yeah. And now you're at uh, Maidstone, cutting your own pathway there, which is fabulous. Yeah. So we'll have to p- call it a day. But I'll tell you what, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on. Um, I know you, uh, a lot of people. When I ask them, they go, oh, but oh, Tone, I haven't got anything much to say. But everybody's got a story. Yeah, and everybody's absolutely. got a story. And you've certainly had one today, Andy. So from me here at uh, Belmont Banter and Andy Thomas, manager of the under-18s at Maystone on the other end of Zoom, for now, it's uh, goodbye, everyone, and we'll, we'll speak again soon. Cheers, Andy. Buddy, much appreciated for your time. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. 
They are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry, specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter, for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. <laughs>